Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. I must ask forgiveness um, before we begin today because um, last week when I couldn't actually speak for three days, we had a little bit of a buildup of some of the dedications, people whose uh, classes dedications were not mentioned. So please bear with me today. I have a few extra. I apologize in advance. If you're watching this uh, at home, <laughs> I hereby forbid you to fast forward the next minute, okay? These are guys who sponsored the class. It's such a help for the synagogue and for, uh, uh, and for all the programs that we do here uh, when people do it. So please, out of Hakarat Tov, if you get the class all the time, this is, these are the people that make it possible. So please hang in there. <laughs> if you, you don't want to listen to the class, no problem, but listen to the dedications. Um, breakfast in the class today uh, is dedicated for the health and the for all those who need it, sponsored by the Oster family. Hazaku Baruch. Breakfast in the class is also dedicated in memory of Joseph Harari, Yosef Ben Simcha, Alava Shalom, sponsored by Leon Harari uh, and family. Yizikro um, Baruch. Uh, Breakfast on the class is dedicated in loving memory of Lester Frankel, Alava Shalom, Leilun Nishmat, Yedidya Haim Ben Shalomo, Pinhasa Levi, Alava Shalom, sponsored by his son. Ira Frankel. Um, Breakfast Center Class is also sponsored loving memory of Rabbi Elchanan Ariele Ben Yitzchak Alava Shalom on his 22nd yard site last, this past week in the Zechut of the Rabbi's Daily Shi'ur that I share um, with abundance of friend, family and friends. May his neshama have an aliyah and be a melitz yosher for all of us. Sponsored by his wife, Rivka Shwedel. I must say, someone told me every day I forward the class to 30 people. I said, I don't understand. I'll send you the link and that way they could join the class, and then you don't have to send it to them every day, they don't hassle you. She said, but then I don't get the mitzvah. I thought she was trying to get out of it. She was saying she wants to get in it. I was like, if you want, I'll give you the rest of the list, you can send it to them too. Okay, breakfast in the class is dedicated, loving memory of Yehuda, Fuzailov, Alava Shalom, Lilinishmat, Yehuda, Ben Sipora, Vimordechai, Alava Shalom, sponsored anonymously. Breakfast in the class also dedicated loving memory of Mona Haddad, Menuhabat Latifa, sponsored by her children Barbara, Lori, Mitchell, and Alan, and sponsored by Wilma and Kenneth Ashendorf in honor of the engagement of their, of their daughter Rachel Ashendorf to Benedetto Mavorach Kahlun, son of Silvana and Benjamino Kahlun on Rome, Italy. And last but most certainly not least, um, sponsored by Charles Darwish in memory of Lilui Nishmatam of the victims of the tragedy Thursday night and Miron for the, and the Refuah Shalimah for those injured. Thank you so much for bearing with us. Murray Dayan asked me a question on the parasha a couple, uh, a couple of days ago. And I promised him an answer, and I could not remember who the, uh, the, the person was that answered. I thought it was Or Haim, and maybe he does as well. But I want to answer with the answer of the Sephono and learn a tremendous lesson with you today. When it comes to the keeping of Shemitah, the Pasuk says, And the land will give its fruit, ve'achaltem lasova. And you will eat for satiation. In other words, you'll have enough to eat. Then the Pasuk continues and says, If you say, what are we going to eat in the, uh, in, the, in the seventh year? I will command my blessing in the sixth year, in the seventh year, in the eighth year. Don't worry, you'll have plenty, plenty, plenty of what to eat. Now the question that everybody asks is one second. First of all, if you're going to tell me that you're going to have a beracha in the sixth year, seventh year, and eighth year, in what scenario does that question ever arise? It's kind of like saying, I'm going to give you an advance on your paycheck on January 1st. 
And if you will say, how come I have not yet been paid on January 15th? Don't worry, I'm going to give you extra. What do you mean? You've already paid me. God says, I'm going to put the beracha in the sixth year, seventh year, and eighth year. So where is this question arising? What are we going to eat in the seventh year? You already have extra in the sixth year. This is one of the questions that the Mifarshim ask, and this is a question that Murray asked me as well. Now, I want to uh, add a second question. It seems from the Pasuk, God says, I'm going to give you this blessing. The Sephorno deals with the question, where the question is, why does it make it seem as if the Beracha is conditional? If you ask this question, where's God, what's God going to do to take care of me, then Hashem's going to give the Beracha. What if I don't ask the question? Now I must read you the words of the Sephorno inside and I'll translate them. Shiyu haperot rabe hamazon that the fruit will be, there will be an excess of food. It will be like the Omer, when the, uh, the amount of money, that, the amount of uh, food that came down in the man, there was an amount that every family got, Omer Lagulgolet, and Ochel You would eat a little bit and you would be full. Have you ever gone to a restaurant? You're very excited, you order the, the really expensive steak, you know, for the main course. And then you had a one appetizer. You eat the appetizer, you look at your wife, and you're like, I can't believe I ordered the steak. I'm already full. Normally, that doesn't fill you up. You, your wife said, well, did you eat lunch late today? Dip. And the guy says, no, actually, thank you very much. Right? I did not eat lunch today. Sometimes, you eat the, the appetizer, and it draws the appetite. And sometimes, the appetizer is enough. And sometimes, there's no rhyme or reason why you feel full after eating only a little bit. I remember a few times where after the fast, I wanted to eat a lot. You go downstairs, you make yourself a big plate. I remember a couple of times after the fast eating one item of food, and I feel full. One sambusak, okay? There's no rhyme or reason why necessarily. I might feel that way or feel full. There's a halakha that says that a person can experience a berachav, ochel kim'ah, he eats a little, umitbarech bime'av, and it's blessed in his stomach. So the answer is, how is this guy asking the question, what are we going to eat next year? The answer is, the biracha of the sixth year is going to be the same as it was every other sixth year. But you will eat a little and that will be enough. Okay? So you're not seeing any extra fruits. And that's why the guy is asking, says the Torah, don't worry, you're going to have a biracha. Now listen to this. Says the Seforno, but what happens if you ask the question, what am I going to eat? If now you are uncertain, you're not knowing, and you don't have faith, that the little that you get is going to be enough, in its quality, God says, I'll give you more fruits. Let's explain what, is he, what he's saying. You could have a person who's eating the fruit that he's eating and qualitatively it's enough food for them to be able to be full. Like the Pasuk says, The fruits, the food, the ground is going to give its normal fruit and that will be enough. But when a person asks a question, God says, I see that the qualitative beracha I'm giving you, that is actually enough. You don't have faith. You don't trust. You're anxious. God says, 
Then I'm going to give you a different beracha. I'm going to give you a beracha that you'll see that the fruits of the, of the ground, of the earth, are going to deliver in a matter of quantity. And you know what? It's going to require you to eat more. But you'll be looking at an abundance of crop, and then you won't be worried. Rabotai, we're learning from the Sephorno an amazing lesson, not only about Shemitah, but really about all of Bitachon. A lot of times a person thinks they're looking and they are trying to understand how a person with emunah, I'm doing the right thing, and I'm not getting the beracha that I need. But what you're not realizing is that there's different ways that God gives beracha. Sometimes God gives beracha in an abundance where you and everyone could see that you had a great year. And sometimes God gives a beracha where it's not so obvious. But the amount that you made that year is going to be enough for you and your family. So as an example, Imagine someone who has a lower level of emunah. They have $100 at the end of the year. They think whatever Hashem sends me, that's going to be enough. The $100 will be enough for this, for tuition, for, there, for school, for, for books, for food, for shelter, for clothing. Somehow, God will ensure the guy walks into Macy's or Bloomingdale's, he buys a suit, takes it to the counter, Have happened to you? And the lady behind the counter says, Oh, there's a double sale on this. Go get another one. Never happened to you? Never there's a Macy's. sale you never, right? You never been to Macy's. Never been to Macy's. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I thought he was, uh, I thought, yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, Macy's not good enough, okay? Nechila, <laughs> I apologize. I don't mean to curse anyone by saying Macy's. Okay. Uh, Rabotai, uh, for people like me, we're going above Tarjay. Uh, it's an upgrade, okay? Now, Rabotai, this is very, very important. Very important. All of a sudden you realize you save money. You, you pay your taxes and all of a sudden you get back some sort of return that you weren't expected. You go to pay your business expenses, all of a sudden there's a PPP loan. You go to pay, you know, a person a lot of times doesn't recognize that everything, everything that he needs is going to be included in the beracha that is qualitative blessing. But then you have a person who's on a lower level of emunah who has to make far more money. But he doesn't get the sale, he doesn't get the rebate, and you know, the school doesn't, decides not to look favorably on his tuition request, and so on and so forth, and so on and so forth, and the balance sheet at the end winds up being exactly the same as his friend with Emunah. Says the Sephorno, so what's the difference between a person who had the Emunah and a person who didn't? The person who didn't has to have the Be'acha come in abundance. What, you, what comes with that abundance? Ayin hara. Because everyone can see that you got triple crop. Everyone sees that. It's, it's evident to the eye. What else comes with that? A person needs to now store three times the amount of grain. He's paying storage fees on the beracha. You understand? Rabutai, this lesson is such a tremendous lesson in emunah on what I call the price of asking questions. There's a price to asking questions on God. God says, no problem, I still got you, but I'm going to get you a different way. And the quality of the Beracha now is less because Emunah is one of those things where the Beracha that God gives is a direct parallel to the quality of your Emunah. Adonai tzilecha al yad God is your shadow. You hold up two fingers. What is your shadow holding up? Two fingers. You hold up one finger, it's one finger. However much emunah a person has in God, that's the way that God shows him blessing as well.
But a person needs to be open to it. And there's certain people that ask questions as they should, and certain people who ask questions in a different way. I want to share with you two stories about the same place. There's an organization called Karen Hashivit, which means the fund for people that keep Shemitah, to help farmers that want to keep Shemitah, who struggle during this time to do the mitzvah correctly. People invest, they, uh, they pitch in, they buy a part of the field, all different ways that a person could have a part of this mitzvah, but also do the act of tzedakah for someone who's trying to do the right thing. So they have a bunch of different stories in their annals of things that happened. And I want to share with you one story, actually two stories, like I said, of a place called Konemiyut. Konemiyut is a, is a religious kibbutz. And on this kibbutz, for many, many years already, everyone in the kibbutz keeps the laws of Shemitah. It's not so easy. In the year, in the year uh, 5768, I think it was, it was a year of Shemitah. And at the time, my friends, the people, the Komimiyut farmers, uh, were visited by one of the delegates of the Aguda, Rabbi Shmuel Bloom. And they're giving him a tour around the, what's it called? Around the, 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 uh, the kibbutz. And the man, he's, the, Rabbi Bloom, is talking to the farmers about how difficult Shemitah is, etc., etc. And one of the farmers says, I have to tell you, you know, this summer, this uh, Shemitah year, um, I'm not a religious farmer, he says, but I witnessed something that was a miracle. He said the banana crops in the past year of the Shemitah, so the past Shemitah that we had, there was a frost in Israel, it was too cold. And all of the farms around this area experienced a complete and total loss of their banana crop in the banana fields. The only people that did not lose even one banana were the people of the Shemitah crop. Why? Since they didn't bring in the crop, the bananas were on the trees for longer, and therefore they were healthier, and therefore the frost didn't kill them. And the man, is tears running down his face, this guy's farmer, was a, he admitted to the rabbi, he was a secular farmer. He says, who could see something like that and not believe in Borei Olam and not believe in God? Beautiful story. There was a Baal Teshuvah who returned from a secular family, returned uh, to his, his farmland right on the outskirts of Komemiyut. And he heard a story in the yeshiva that back in the, however long ago it was, there was an unbelievable plague of locusts that came to Eretz Israel. They came across the border. And they ate up all of the fields except for the fields of the people in Komemiyut. And in yeshiva, they told him, this is a proof that God takes care of the people that do the mitzvot. He said, can't be. I grew up right outside. There's no way that this happened. I never heard about it. He comes back to his father. He says, Dad, you were alive back then in the time when this happened. I think it was the 1960s or maybe 1959. He says, you were alive. Did this really happen? Did the locusts come and only eat the fields around and leave all the fields of Komamiyut? His father says, the truth is, yes, I remember it very, very well. We all saw it. It blew our minds. So he asked his father, he said, Dad, how did you see that and not do Teshuvah? He says, do you know what the head of our kibbutz told us, the secular Israeli guy? He said, look at how vile the ultra-Orthodox Jews are that even the locusts don't want to hang out with them. 
Unbelievable. The same story, the same situation, one secular person looks at it and says, wow, how could you not believe in Borei Olam? And one person uses it to further divide Am Yisrael and, uh, and almost make a joke out of the religious people that were running the... Unbelievable. I think to myself that that's what this Pasuk is talking about. And when you will say, the word ki, as we know, Rashi tells us, has different meanings. One way of interpreting the word ki is when. When you, when you arrive in the land. When. That doesn't mean if. It doesn't mean maybe. It means when. This is happening. You're going to arrive in the land of Israel. It's the name of the parashah. Ki tisa. Ki could also mean because. Ki tomar, because you will say, what will we eat? God will say, vitziviti et berachati, and I will command my beracha. And I thought to myself, there's some people that the word over here means ki, it means when. Yani, when you're gonna ask this question, because you know what, whether or not all the signs indicate that you should have emunah or not, there's some people that no matter what, ask these questions of God. Where are you? What are you doing? How come you didn't? There's a lack of belief and therefore no, no sight, no story, no incidents, no miracle shakes them from their belief. And there's some people where key doesn't mean, uh, what's it called? It doesn't mean when, it means if. Ki yamuch achicha means if, if your brother will become poor. For some people, the emunah, their lack of emunah happens when they're in a low place, when they're under tremendous stress. And Borei Olam also treats the person uh, with, uh, with, uh, with respect to the fact that his emunah only happened at a low point. But if a person is constantly challenging, if the key means when, then the beracha that God sends is a much more mitigated beracha, a beracha that could have been in quality, where you needed to do less and pay less fees and have pay less taxes, etc., etc., versus uh, in the other in the other scenario. I never got such a strong amen at a mark. It's even recorded for posterity in the recording. Okay, that's a great that's a great one, right? You know, and I always say that it's funny uh, in the Megillah. So you have the whole story of the Megillah, and uh, you know, and people are like, uh, you know, and they're booing or they're cheering. Right? The greatest cheer comes for some people at the end of the Megillah. It says, And Achashverosh passed the law, right? Uh, he forgave the taxes on all the lands. And you have all these people getting up. And, you know, and, and, you know I have to say, ultimately, uh, in a, when we're watching the news now, we're looking, oh, Biden is going to do this. Or Biden's going to give us that. Don't ask questions. I promise you, Biden is not in control. And no matter what law he wants to pass, in the Senate, in, the, in Congress, the executive, it won't matter. Ultimately, you're going to get every single penny that you need in your business, you will receive. He cannot change the law uh, that was passed or the amount that was set aside on Rosh Hashanah. But if we get all nervous, then Borei Olam has to change it. He needs to make you earn more, which gets you more taxes, which gets you more wage on us, which gets you more ayin God has many ways 
uh, to skin the cat, many ways to get us what we need. And if we uh, are solid in our faith, then the Berachot are uh, in their best guys, in their be they come in their best uh, format. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Rabbi Chanan.